This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the June 15th edition of Invest Talk. We're already halfway through the month. I'm Steve Peasley, and the number one mission of Invest Talk, this show, is to focus your attention on the tools and winning strategies that can help you over time grow and protect your money. Now, one way to help you is to provide answers, right, to all your financial questions. Um, if I don't have the answer, I'll look it up. So what's on your mind today? We're taking your calls right now, 888-99-CHART. It's Friday, and usually on Friday, I talk about our KPP Premium Newsletter that we send up to all our subscribers. We do that usually in the morning. Um, I share highlights from its, the various uh, sections uh, of the newsletter with you on Fridays. The first section, um, I talked about the economy and how well it's doing, reaching and possibly reaching a peak. For investors, the market gained strength the recent weeks with the NASDAQ make up a new high, but the S&P and the Dow are lagging. So we're going to dig in deeper into that in a few minutes. But now let's start injecting your questions by playing a call that came in earlier on our Anytime Listener line, 888-99-CHART. Hey, fellas. My question is, uh, could you explain uh, short interest and the short interest ratio? Just how does that uh, maybe help into assessing a good entry point or exit point for a stock? Uh, and then also maybe uh, could you explain just a short squeeze and uh, how one may be able to determine if, if a short squeeze is occurring or if it's a uh, just false indicator and it's, it's maybe not a short squeeze. Thanks in advance. Bye. Okay, short interest. That means how many people are shorting the stock? That's the short interest of the stock. What does that mean, shorting? Those are people who borrowed somebody else's stock on a particular company, sold it, and hoping it would go down because when they have to give it back, remember they borrowed it, they will buy it back at a lower price and give it back to them and they make the profit. So they hope the stock goes down. So the short interest on a stock is usually is usually related by the number of average volume days of shares shorted. For instance, if the stock trades a million shares in a day and there's three million shorts, they would say, well, you got three days worth of uh, short interest. Three million shares. Now, can you use it for timing in any way? No can't it doesn't it's no good for that what is a short squeeze let's say you have a company that does i don't know does a million dollars million shares a day in trading okay that's the volume and there's like 10 days worth of short interest 10 million shares and that represents maybe 20 percent of all the shares are out there that tells you there's a lot of people thinking this stock's going down and if they're wrong and the stock goes up, up, instead of down, all those people lose money. If the stock keeps going up, they're losing more and more money. 
So all those people to get to get to stop losing money, they have to buy the stock to give it back. And there's so many of them while they're they're buying, they're driving the stock even higher up. That's a short squeeze. The short people are driving the price up because their their actions of buying the stock to get out of their short in, their short position. Can you tell if you if that is happening? It's very difficult. You know, you it, it you can tell there's a lot of short interest. When I say a lot, you have to look at the number of shares that are short. How many days of shares are short? Is it a week? A, a two weeks? Uh, one day is not very much. A week is a kind of a lot. Okay, so a week's worth of average daily trades of the number of shares traded every day. Okay. Now, if you didn't understand that, it might be my fault because it's not a simple concept to explain in a very short period of time. So if you didn't, send me an email. I'll try to explain it better in writing. How's that? Now, in this morning's KPP fin uh, Premium Financial Newsletter written by me every Friday, I write it all the time. Uh, I like to write, by the way. Uh, and uh, so it went out, and I started off this morning with the current market conditions section. And in it, I said, everyone's seeing positive signs in the economy. So do I. I see that. There has been speculation of a possible 4% GDP in the second quarter. That would be the highest we had since recovery of the recession. So the economy is indeed doing well. But you know Federal Reserve Mr. Greenspan, the ex-Federal Reserve Fed chairman? He thinks it's peaked. So, now, for investors, the stock market uh, has, uh, the NASDAQ reached new highs, but the S&P 500, the S&P 500 Dow are lagging. They're, they're not even close yet. they got a ways to go. And we'll, we'll see if they can break it. If they don't break those new highs, remember, they're broader than the NASDAQ. The S&P 500 is much broader than the NASDAQ. Then we are still, and it starts to roll over again, that means we're still in our correction phase. I mean, it's very possible we can break up. I mean, looks looks like it was gaining strength the last couple of weeks, so we'll see. In the stock idea, I had a big uh, English telecom company to recommend and a big bank that is there in those section. Portfolio management section, I talked about humans and human nature, okay, uh, um, being emotional beings. And what are the four stages of the market sentiment that investors cycle through? Do you know what they are, by the way? There's four. There's despair, disbelief, acceptance, and euphoria. Those are the cycles of human emotion in the stock market. Despair, of course, is at the bottom of recession. Everybody just bails out, dumps all their stock, gives up. The disbelief is when the market starts to actually turn up from that very low point. You don't believe it, so you wait, and you wait, and it still keeps going up, and you wait, and you wait, and you miss it. You miss a lot of the move. Acceptance is, is where, okay, we're now in a bull market. Okay, uh, I'm in the market. I'm putting my money to work. I'm in. And euphoria is like the dot-com, where everybody thinks the stock market will never go down. Do you? Does it seem like that in the tech sector, the big cap tech sector now? 
today. Does everybody believe that maybe those big tech stocks aren't going to go down? They'll just keep going up? That's a wrong belief, everybody. <coughs> Excuse me. So be very, very, very careful. And finally, in the consumer watch section, I talk about uh, a list of summer hot spots to go to for vacation. And, uh, you know, there's, there's, MasterCard has a survey, Global Destination Cities Index, they call it, and they describe the places to go. So I, I give you the, some of those ideas where to go for a vacation. I said, oh, summer is here, right? Now, my talk on market conditions, stocks, portfolio management may have given rise to a few questions in your mind. So we're taking your financial question, investment calls right now. Our anytime line is 888-99-CHART. So what are we going to talk about today if your calls don't drive the show? How to defuse your tax time bomb. How to defuse it. I'm talking about when you reach retirement. Okay, how do you defuse it? And I don't know if you noticed, you probably haven't, because I'm the guy that studies this stuff, but the U.S. government and corporations both apparently don't think Rates are going to go much higher. Now, how do I conclude that? Well, we'll talk about that. And why is the China-U.S. trade deficit so large? What, what is the problem, really? What, what are we buying and what are we selling to them? What are we buying from them? And can that problem even be solved? Remember, uh, Trump, President Trump today uh, put $50 billion of tariffs on imports from China today. So the trade dispute is boiling, right? Bubbling. So what's the problem? I'm going to go into some detail. And did you know women control right now more than 50% of the wealth in the United States? And it's going up. Did you know that? You, you would think that they didn't because the way you hear reports, you know, how disadvantaged women are in many ways but in actual fact, they control more than 50% of the wealth in the U.S. Isn't that interesting? I'm Steve Peaslin, and I thank you for listening to Invest Talk. You may have heard that I will be in San Jose, because I go there every month. Uh, I'll be there on July 18th on your calendar. Please mark it up. July 18th, I'll be conducting one-to-one -one portfolio review meetings. This will be your chance to make a meaningful impact on your financial statement. Meet with me and we'll talk about it. I'll tell you where you're going wrong and where you're going right. But you got to reserve. you got to reserve your space because time and, you know, uh, time slots are limited. So, all you have to do is go to investtalk.com, click on Invest Talk, then click Portfolio Review, and then you'll send me an email directly. We'll get in touch. And now our phone lines are open, 888-99-CHART. Back to Invest Talk with your live calls and questions. Invest Talk, the program that helps you grow your money. We're taking your questions now, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve. I'm calling about Toll Brothers. I'm wondering if this is a good time to go in. I know they just missed their earnings. Thanks. Okay, Toll Brothers, everybody, uh, build single-family detached homes and luxury condominiums, communities. 
for move up and empty nesters and active adults. That's what Toll Brothers does. Uh, they are fairly good sized company. They're $5.8 billion. Uh, their sales in recent, in recent quarters have been very good. And shouldn't you expect that to be like that, right? Because of the building? Now, they topped at 52, and that was in the uh, beginning of the year, and they're down to 38.70 now. There is a lot of support on the high 30s, there is, for the stock. My problem is, is I think you are already missed the, I missed the building, uh, the con uh, builder's rally. I think that was last year. I think you're missing because Federal Reserve is raising rates and, and eventually mortgage rates will follow suit and you see them move up and they'll continue to move up as long as the Fed keeps raising rates. Um, and I think that eventually will slow down the uh, housing and investors always look forward. We know that's going to happen down the road, six months, nine months, a year down the road. So investors are not going to be keen on buying builders. The, the, the uh, push for them to go higher is behind us. It's, it's already done. So I don't know if I would buy a builder at this stage. I do think it's at support right in this area. But I don't know if I'd buy it. I think we're late to the game. Toll Brothers, T-O-L is a symbol. Okay? 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Give me, give me a tall love to talk to you. Uh, we're going to talk about, when we come back from the break, we're going to come back how to defuse your tax time bomb in retirement, basically. How can you? What What is the time bomb going to be? Where is it coming from? Well, we're going to talk about that and give you some details. Have you noticed that there are almost overwhelming number of places to find financial advice? So how do you sort through it all? How do you apply sensible filters? Okay, how do you do that? Make a habit of listening to Invest Talk. That'd be helpful. Here, I'll answer some questions for you. Here at Invest Talk, we go out of our way to give you the straight story. I make a very strong effort. Both Justin and I do that. We give you facts about investing and financial terms. So give us a call. We'll help you. But now, why not call our anytime listener line? I'm ready for your questions. 888 99Chart. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, where their number one mission is helping you grow and protect your money. How does KPP do that? Which of their special programs is best suited for your financial situation? Well, you can learn more anytime at investtalk.com. Even better, contact Steve or Justin through a message on Invest Talk. Start on the Contact Us top menu link. You can call right now with your questions, 888-99-CHART. Okay, so what are we talking about when I say how to defuse your tax time bond? It was, of course, this is an article I'm referring to that I read a little while back. Um, and what I'm really referring to is the type of, we talked a little bit about yesterday. I mentioned you know a, a little bit about yesterday. There are basically three tax groupings in retirement three types of money that you have that will be taxed at different rates. 
The first group is the tax-free, we'll call it bucket, okay, the tax-free bucket. And those would be your Roth IRA, your Roth 401ks. If you have a Roth, you can start taking that money in retirement. You don't have to ever pay any taxes on that money. Of course, you pay taxes, you invested in the Roth after taxes, okay? Then there's the after-tax bucket, okay? And those are, you know, the savings, investments, and banking, and brokerage accounts, certificate deposits, interest on bonds, the after-tax. In other words, those are your investments. You already paid income tax on the money, but then you put it in investments. Now, when you start taking that money out, you know, it, it, depending on what it is, the, the, the actual funds that you put in, cost basis, you don't have to pay taxes on them. But if you have capital gains, you'll have to pay capital gains tax as you take out the gain. Now, and there's two types of gain taxes. There's long-term and short-term. Long-term is anything, any gain you make on something you held more than 12 months. Short-term is less than 12 months. Short-term gains are taxed at your ordinary tax rate. Long-term gains, usually 20%. Then there's the tax-deferred bucket. Those are your regular IRA, your traditional IRA, your traditional 401k, your SEP IRA, you know, those things, when you take money out of those things, that's going to be added to your income for that year, and you're going to pay ordinary income tax rate on it. The hope is that your tax rate will be much less in retirement than it was when you're working. Now, I say hope. I don't know if that should be a hope, don't we? It would be nice if you made just as much money or more in retirement than you were working, but that's just not normal. So those are the tax time bombs I'm talking about, and you need to consider them as early as possible when you're thinking about, well, when do I need to take this money, and what will be taxed at? What, what, what will be the, uh, the result of the tax situation on this bucket of money? And how big is that bucket? Yeah, those kinds of things. Let's go to Mona in Fremont. How you doing, Mona? Doing good, Steve. Uh, thank you for taking my call. Um, I thank am you. looking to diversify my portfolio and was looking to invest in the payroll processing company ADP um, uh-huh. and WageWorks. I was trying to figure out, you know, which one to invest in and, and get your thoughts. Also, the second question I had was, are these companies considered technology-based companies, or is it purely a payroll processing company? Yeah, yeah, they they would not be considered technology, but even though they use technology extensively, they would not be considered a tech company, okay? Uh, ADP, uh, Automatic Data Processing, is one of the, I use that for my payroll at the office. It provides business pro, um, processing, outsourcing services to employers and dealers, professionals, and employee organizations worldwide. They are big. They're $61 billion. They are big. I think, Mona, you're a little late. The, the stock has run up very nicely. A year ago, it was $100. Today, it's 139 Therefore, the P.E. ratio now is about 34, and the five-year range is 24, 22 to 35. So it's right at that top range. Very good company, Mona. Very good company. But you're late uh, to the game. I probably would not suggest you chase this performance. 
But here's a hint. These companies do very poorly in a recession. So the next recession, buy ADP because the stock will be down, their earnings will be down, but it will come out strong when it comes out of the recession. Okay? Okay. Appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate the call. ADP, everybody. I like the company. It's 2% dividend. There's a lot of good things about it. But it's just had such a good run recently. I mean, it's run it just in the last month and a half uh, from 115 to 140. So that's too. It's too late. Uh, you gotta if you're gonna buy, you gotta wait for a pretty decent pullback. Okay. Eight 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 ninety nine chart. Eight 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 nine nine two four two seven eight. So what's coming up next on Invest Talk? And that will be Monday. That seems like so far away to me. Monday, the next Invest Talk is Monday. That means there will be no Invest Talk over the weekend. And what we're going to talk about is seven stocks retirees should avoid. Not own, avoid. That's Monday. But for now, I'm here to answer your financial and money questions. The number is 888-99-CHART. Here's another benefit when you sign up for our Invest Talk Insider Program, a brief list of real estate investment trusts, REITs, that should be on investors' radar if they're looking for exposure to this dividend-focused sector. You can sign up for this free InvestTalk Insider program on investtalk.com. podcast continues next first good reason number five for a portfolio checkup with steve steve says that many portfolios he looks at are weighted in just one or two sectors a diverse mix of market sectors is so important to the health of a retirement portfolio steve can help you reorganize your retirement portfolio he can make suggestions about the sectors of the future and if you'd like a KPP financial program that fits your goals and your life situation. There's never a cost for InvestTalk listeners and no sales pitch or obligation of any kind ever. To schedule your one-on-one conversation with Steve, just go to investtalk.com and click on the InvestTalk tab and then Portfolio Review, or you can call 888-99-CHART and follow the prompts. And now let's continue with the podcast. It's a Friday Invest Talk. June is half over, you've got investments to make, and you need financial advice. We understand. Steve's at his desk, and he's ready for the challenge of your questions right now. So give him a call, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. We're going to talk to Donnie in Orlando. How you doing, Donnie? Hi, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. So I saw that Microsoft took a pretty big dip today, and it's hovering around at $100 or so. Do you think it's cheap enough yep. to buy, or does it have further away to fall, or what are your, what's your opinion on Microsoft? Well, I like Microsoft a lot, uh, uh, but I think, uh, like, like ADP, you might be a little late. It's been going sideways to down for the last, I don't know, two weeks. So it's showing some weakness. I think I think you want to wait. I think it needs. I think it'll show you some more weakness before you want to pick it up, Donnie. 
I think it'll go to uh, maybe in the mid-90s. So that's only 5% down from here. But I would rather, much rather see you pick it up in the mid-90s or the low-90s. I think it would be a much better deal. Because it's right now at the top of its P.E. range of the last few years. Uh, so I, I think it's just a little expensive right now. And I think you will get that, that pull back. And if you don't, I would look somewhere else until it does give you some weakness. Okay, Donnie? Okay. Appreciate it. Appreciate the call. Yeah. They're growing nicely. I mean, their sales growing 12, 18% per quarter. I like the, the what they've moved into the, uh, you know, besides their operating systems and software, they're, they're, they, they've moved into the server area uh, uh, in big way, uh, cloud-based servers. And I think that's a good place for them to be. And I think that'll ensure continued financial wealth and growth. I do. Great return on equity. There's a company you would, I have no problem you owning. I just would like to buy it at a better price. MSFT is a symbol, Microsoft. U.S. government and corporate corporations appear, U.S. government and corporate appear to be thinking rates are topping out. Interest rates are topping. Now that's in the face of the Federal Reserve increasing rates. They increased it this week. Now, why, why, why am I making this assumption? Because the U.S. government, when they're issuing debt, they're front-loading it, meaning that they're issuing short, a lot more short-term debt than long-term debt. And corporations are issuing debt with a floating rate. So, I mean, in a big way, much bigger than they have been, both the U.S. government and the corporations. So, if they felt that interest rates were going to continue to rise for a long time, they wouldn't do that. They'd lock in the lower rates, long-term lower rates. So, they think they're locking in two- and three-year rates because they think it will be lower in two or three years. The thinking might be we might be in a recession in two or three years. And rate and the Fed will lower the rates and the long-term rates will go down. I have a feeling that's the logic behind this. Is they're looking out, they're, they're issuing short-term debt, two, three-year debt, four-year debt, because they think they can get lower long-term debt when the current debt matures. And then they'll refinance it long-term and get a lower rate than it is now. Even though long-term debt right now is pretty low. In historical terms, it's still pretty low. Interesting that they're doing that. I, 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 that that's what is interesting. Is This is the this is what they decided to do. I don't know if I gave it to you. Did, did I tell you that the market was down 85 points? The Dow was down 85. The, the NASDAQ down 15. And the S&P down 3. So the market was kind of on the downside, but it actually was worse off during the day. So this is up from the lows of the day. So that's what the market did today. The question of risk tolerance is one you need to confront before you design an effective and appropriate investment plan for yourself. You need to know how much risk you want to take. Now, if you like a second opinion, then why not reserve an hour to talk to me about it? I'm happy to provide individual retirement views in person, talk about the risk of your portfolio and how much risk you are comfortable with. You can do it via the phone, we can do it via Skype, and if you'll make a note, I will be in San Jose, San Jose on July 18th. And 
remember the time slots are limited I don't have a lot of time slots you know the most I can do in a day is probably four maybe five but by that fifth one my voice is pretty much gone so to reserve your time just go to investtalk.com click on invest talk and then click on portfolio review on the radio or via podcast, Invest Talk is a place to discover insights from Steve and Justin. On radio, podcast, or the web, Invest Talk is also your anytime resource for learning about the complex variables affecting your ability to achieve financial success. Whether dispensing tips like how to find a great stock or an explanation of more broadly tailored financial planning strategies, InvestTalk consistently provides independent investment advice, which is never influenced by bias or third-party propaganda. So bookmark it now, investtalk.com. Yeah, hey guys, I'm a 23-year-old, and uh, my question is related to buying a house. So I have no debt, and I was just curious as to one who has no debt, should they be putting down just the highest down payment, you know, cash that they can put on a house when they purchase it. What are your thoughts on a 15 versus a 30-year mortgage? And then lastly, I guess if, if one was able to just straight up pay for the, the house in cash, uh, should they do that as opposed to, you know, taking out a mortgage? Thanks, guys. Bye. Okay, uh, good questions. If you're 24 and you have no debt, my next question will be, what is your credit score? Because if you had no debt, uh, that's great. It's much easier to finance a mortgage. But if you have no debt, maybe you haven't built up credit either. So you want to check out your credit score. Building up debt doesn't mean you have to carry the debt. That means you, you can use your credit cards and pay it off monthly. You can buy a car and pay monthly payments, uh, and then you can accelerate it if you want. In other words, you're just trying to build a track record so that you have a, low, a high credit score so that you can get the lowest mortgage rate. Now, should you pay for a whole house, all of it at one time, if you had the cash? Uh, generally speaking, and if you're young, the answer would be no. Even in middle age, probably not. Why? Because mortgage rates are still very, very low, and I'd rather see you put money in uh, a retirement account also because, you know, you want to start building that as early as you can. At the same time, mortgage debt is tax deductible. At least the interest on the mortgage debt is tax deductible. So if you're paying four and a quarter for a 30-year fixed mortgage, let's say, you're actually paying less than that because the interest is deductible on your income tax. Now, this is all generalized because in California, you know, they have limits on property. You know, there's there's the, the, the new tax law kind of hurt the high property value state uh, uh, homeowners because you're paying high property tax and we're high tax high in the state the state income tax is high and you know, we lose some of our write-offs because of that but in general um and let's see so you talked to you asked about the mortgage you asked about should you pay it off and what would be better um so 
I think I answered all those questions. Appreciate the question. Those are good questions, by the way, for a young person to ask themselves. How should I handle this? But the first thing you should look at is your uh, is your credit score. Let's go to Joe and Glenda. How you doing, Joe? I'm doing fine. How are you, Steve? Good. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Thanks for taking my call. I have a question. It's it's actually more of an educational question. The uh, uh, stock ticker is Olive Larry Nancy. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying okay. to figure out, I mean, all the numbers look good on the surface, and I'm trying to figure out why isn't this stock like $60? Okay, maybe let's take could, a look at it. Yeah, maybe it could help us uh, just uh, more of an educational thing to figure this thing out. Okay, this is Olin Corporation, everybody, O-L-N manufactures uh, chloride, alkali, and small caliber ammunition products. Okay, ammunition products. It's a $5 billion company. They're going to make, uh, they, okay, let's go back. They made $0.66 cents a share last year. This year it's going to be $1.99. That's a 200% increase. And next year it's going to be a 33% increase to $2.65. Sales are between 9 and 15% growth per quarter. Okay, so if they're going to make $2.65, how much is that worth for a company growing about 15%? That's really how you evaluate all stocks. How much is the future earnings worth in stock price? And so now I look at this industry and say, well, this industry is not usually a high, high PE industry. It probably should be a normal PE range. And a normal PE range is about 15 for the overall market. So if I put a 15 PE on $2.65, so now you're looking at a stock that's worth $40, $42, and the stock is selling for $30.38. Now, that's how, Joe, I just did this all in my head real quick based on having lots of experience. Then I look at, well, let's look at the other, some other numbers. Return on equity is very low at 4%. That's, that's a drag. That's negative. The dividend is pretty good at 2.6%. So that, that's positive. I kind of like that. They have a lot of debt. That's a negative. This, this company, a regular company, you should not have a lot of debt. You know, banks can have debt because they use debt to grow. And, you know, there, there's a reason to have debt if they bought another company, and that's why they have debt. So I'd have to look into it. But they have a lot of debt. That's probably why it's selling for only $30, the debt. That would be my guess, Joe. Even though it's worth okay. probably 40 I think the debt is probably holding them back. Now, I'd have to look into the debt. Maybe they bought something, Joe. So this is the way you look at it. You know, I can only do it quickly on the air. Now you look and see, well, why did they have that debt? If they bought a company, a smaller company, and they borrowed the money to do it, but that company is profitable and going to add to their bottom line, then that debt is not negative debt. That's good. That's a good debt. And so that then you don't discount the stock because of it. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Joe, appreciate the call. Thank you very much. I wish it was easy, everybody. It's just not. And the chart looks like it's just going sideways in the last year, so not really doing a lot. Just not. 888.99 chart. So why is China-U.S. trade deficit so large? 
can because Trump put on fifty billion dollars worth of tariffs on today, right? Fifty billion dollars. So you say, okay, well that should help uh, uh, straighten that out. Well, not going to help a lot. <laughs> it's not because we have four hundred billion dollar deficit. Four hundred billion dollars with China. It, we import. 167, the biggest, biggest thing we do is computer and electronics. Okay, uh, computers and electronics, we import $167 billion a year from them. Electric equipment, $39 billion. So between those two, that's over half of, about half, about half of the entire deficit. Well, how are we going to straighten that out? We certainly don't make computers, electronics, as nearly as much. What do we export to them? We exp export farm crops and transportation equipment, cars, equipment. How much? Farm crops, $15 billion, and transportation, $10 billion. Those are, those are the top four import-export items. To turn this around is going to be, it's going to take time, and it's going to be a monumental task. It's not going to happen overnight. It's just not. So no matter how or how much Trump tries to turn this around, it's just going to take time. Now, what can it do? Well, it's it will happen. You know, it will happen naturally if the playing field is 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 level. It will happen naturally. Uh, over time, because China's middle class is growing, their salaries are going up much faster than our salaries, and as they go up, that means the cost of their goods, making their manufacturing their goods, is going up, and therefore the differentiation between our cost of making those same goods and theirs is shrinking, and that's happening. It has been happening. We do manufacture a lot of things. But there is a lot of unfair tariffs on our exports. No matter, even though they're small, there's a lot of tariffs on our exports. I just heard the other day, um, uh, export uh, uh, dairy products to Canada. Dairy products to Canada is the tariff is like two or three hundred percent on our dairy products to Canada. Why is that? Well, you know why. They want to protect their dairy industry. Well, okay. Well, then well, we want to protect our industry too, so why can't we slap on some other tariff some other way? I think people, I don't think we should worry about this all that much because we, meaning the United States, is the, the, the huge customer for almost all other countries. They want to sell us stuff because we buy it. So we have some control. We just have never exercised it. And it's un and since we are exercising, no one, none of our trading partners like the fact that we're trying to exercise it. Okay, it's the get ready for the weekend Friday investment program, fast talk program, for about 11 more minutes. I'm here on duty, ready to take your calls. Don't be shy. Your question counts. 99 chart. On the next Invest Talk, 
Seven stocks retirees should avoid. That's Monday. But now, Steve is ready and waiting for your calls. He'll have answers to your financial questions. And the lines are open. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. We're going to go talk to Brandon in Mill Valley. How are you doing, Brandon? I'm doing good, Steve. I'm enjoying the show as usual. Thank you. You uh, did an excellent job on short interest. Well, good. Thank you. I, I was not sure because it, it's a little bit complex issue. Well, I know what it is, but you, you explained it pretty pretty nicely. Okay. Thank you. You have a question? So, yeah, I want to know about uh, NRZ, New Residential, a REIT with, uh, okay. it seems... It seems like it even has capital appreciation possibilities to me. Yeah, uh, let's take a look at it. It's a REIT, and for everybody else, Real Estate Investment Trust, a REIT investing in residential real estate mortgage-related investments. Okay, so a REIT has to pay 90% of its income out in the form of a dividend to you and me, the shareholders. And if it does that, it doesn't have to pay income tax at the corporate level. That's the benefit. They're going to pay 90% of their earnings out. They're going to make $2.25 this year, $2.30 next year. So that's what they're going to make. It was $2.83 in 2017. So actually, earnings are going down. Sales are still going up. So that means profit margins are getting squeezed, Brandon. That's probably what we're seeing there. Profit margins are getting squeezed because interest rates, mortgage rates are probably rising. And the estimates are that they're going to rise, but not dramatically, but just rise. So it will tend to squeeze this kind of uh, company, squeeze our profits. So the sales are very good. Sales are very good. PE is really low at six. But, you know, when you look at that, you say, Dad, gee, that's a pretty darn low PE with the overall market PE average is at 15. Six is pretty low. But this company, over the last five years, P.E., ranges from four to nine. So it's, you would think it's low, but it's not low compared to itself over a long period of time. So I don't know how much ups, upside you have. I would think it would be worth about 23 to $25 a share at least, and it's at 18 now. So, and it pays that dividend, remember, 90% that, at this rate, that's about 11, 10, 11%, right? I mean, that, that's very good dividend, very good. So, I don't know if you have a lot of upside potential, but long, I don't think more, I think real estate will still stay fairly healthy for at least a year. And therefore, you know, you're going to make a nice dividend, but maybe not a lot of upside capital gains, Brandon. Maybe not. Okay. No. All right. Well, thank you so much for uh, the analysis. Thank you for the call. New residential investment. NRZ, everybody. Okay. Did you know, and I bet you you didn't, because I didn't know this. I mean, I, I would have never guessed this. I wouldn't have. Women control more than 50% of the wealth in the United States. Women control more than 50% of the wealth and it is expected to go to 66% in two years. Why? Two reasons. Women are inheriting money. Women live longer than men in general. 
and they are inheriting money at a much faster pace than men. And more women are entering the job market. Okay, 1973, only 45% of women were in the workforce. Today, I mean, no, I don't have today. In 2013, it's 57%. I don't think it's gone down. I think it's probably gone up. So they're having a lot control, a lot more control over their own money that they're earning. Isn't that interesting? I mean, I would assume that women did not, did not have that much control over that much wealth. But I, I have no problem with it. I just find it surprising. Don't you? Because you hear a lot of, uh, of, of uh, uh, articles about uh, unfair pay practices, women making less than men doing the same job. and So that, that what happens is that assumption is, and therefore they have less money. Well, not necessarily. <laughs> so that's interesting. That's it for this week, everybody. I hope you have an enjoyable weekend. I'm going to try and enjoy mine. And if our... If our topics today made you thirsty for more information, take a moment to spend, send me a message through investtalk.com. Go to the Contact Us link, scroll down and send me a message, an email, any question you want. I'm Steve Peasley. Justin and I thank you for listening today. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.